This is episode 56 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Tony Milland Santiago. The first thing that I will tell you, the first tip that I wrote down is this might sound very simple, but I promise you it's going to transform the way that you're going to connect with your clients and your patients. Learn how to pronounce the vowels in Spanish correctly. And I'm sure that if there's any Spanish speaking music therapist listening to me right now, they all say hallelujah. <laughs> Learn, you know, because in, in English you have A, E, I, O, U. And the vowels in Spanish, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the vowels in English are, are diphthongs. They, they actually have two sounds A, A, E. That's the only one that stays the same. I, O, U. Right? There's multiple sounds. But in Spanish we have A, E, I, O, U. That's it. That's how the vowels go. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, Join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Today we have the second half of my conversation with Tony Miland Santiago. Hopefully by now you've checked out his show, learned some stuff from his episodes, and you're back to hear the rest of my conversation with him. Uh, in this episode, we talk a lot about practical tips and advice to keep in mind, some cultural awareness things when working with Spanish populations, and just a lot of really informative conversation. So I hope you are looking forward to that and you're learning as much from this as I definitely did. Please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or even on Facebook and finding us on social media. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles. And without further ado, let's get into this episode. So let's transition um, and talk about some language skills. And I have a Patreon question that I'm going to read from Bonnie Haupt. And she says... I have a question for Antonio. If we don't speak any Spanish, what is the best way to start learning for our clients? Also, what are some of the best words, phrases to know? Sometimes I felt weird only knowing a word or two. Any tips on feeling comfortable communicating, even when only knowing a few words? I don't want to accidentally be offensive. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. I think this is a great time to talk about the tips because I feel like these tips are going to help 
not only you, but also everybody that is listening, just think about things in a different way. The, the first thing that I will tell you, the first tip that I wrote down is, this might sound very simple, but I promise you, it's going to transform the way that you're gonna connect with your clients and your patients. Learn how to pronounce the vowels in Spanish correctly. Ah, good one. And I'm sure that if there's any Spanish-speaking music therapists listening to me right now, they all say hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Learn, you know, because in, in English you have A-E-I-O-U. And the vowels in Spanish, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the vowels in English are, are diphthongs. They, they actually have two sounds, A, mm -hmm. A, E. That's the only one that stays the same. I, O, U. Right? There's multiple sounds. But in Spanish, we have A, E, E, O, U. That's it. That's how the vowels go, right? So even if you just transform and make sure that you can perfect the vowel sound, it's going to change the way that you interact with your clients. Because instead of saying, hola, which I hear <laughs> that a lot, hola, you will say, hola. Hola, right? And so, I mean, there's a high chance that then your patient is going to be like, oh, you speak Spanish. Oh, hablas español. Ah, mira, yeah. que bien. You know, and they will start speaking Spanish with you. And then you say, no, 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 no. No hablo mucho español. But, but just the fact that you're trying your best. Hola, my name is, mi nombre es, or yo me llamo. Yo me llamo Tony. Yo soy de musicoterapia. You know, I am, I am a music therapist. Yo soy de musicoterapia. Um, how are you today? Como esta hoy? Como esta hoy? Instead of saying, como esta hoy? You know, there's a difference because even just hearing that, that little effort that you make to make the vowel sound correct in Spanish, that will take you a long way when it comes to rapport building. I promise you that. Um, the second tip that I would have for you in, in the introductions I talked about this in the Southwestern Region Conference a couple of years ago with my colleague Christina Stock. And <laughs> we had a picture of Tupac, the rapper. <laughs> and then we had a picture of him with like with really nice clothes. And then he said, Tupac versus Usted Pac. Perfect. And everybody started <laughs> laughing. But that's true. A, a lot of a lot of um, Spanish speaking countries very seldomly, if ever, they will use the pronoun you, tú. They will barely ever use tú. They will use the proper way of saying tú, which is usted. Usted. Uh, and so if you want to go safe when it goes to respect, is to using usted and all of the usted forms. So instead of saying, hola, ¿cómo estás tú? You would say, hola. Como esta usted? And so that is going to transform the respect level in the session. Uh, because in Puerto Rico, they call it tutear. And my mom, my mom would always say, you cannot be tuteando everybody. You know, <laughs> like even your elders or the people that you respect, you cannot be saying tu because, you know, that's a sign of, of familiarity and closeness. And so if it's somebody that you respect, you always say usted, you know. If it's an elder, for example, we say uh, Don Julio, 
instead of Ju Señor Julio, we say Don Julio, Doña Julia. So the Don Doña is also a level of respect with the elders. So yeah, my number two, when in doubt, usted pack. <laughs> number three, I would say, be curious, never assume. Be curious, never assume. What do I mean by this? We, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Be a student of your, of your patient or your client. So never assume that because they speak Spanish, they're going to like a particular song. That is, if, that is if I was a music therapist in Puerto Rico and I had an English-speaking patient and I was like, oh, they're English-speaking, I'm going to play Somewhere Over the Rainbow because that's the only English song that I have in my notebook. You know? And maybe this is a person that likes classic rock or they like gospel or any other genre, right? So w we cannot be boxing in... Um, clients based on their language and then just have like that one song and just say okay so this is going to be appropriate the majority of the of the spanish-speaking patients they'll see that you did an effort into pl playing something in spanish that will be appreciated but i feel that now as we're entering into the 21st century music therapy we need to level up as music therapists right so when i say be curious and don't never assume is to always ask them, you know, ¿Qué música le gusta? What music do you like? ¿Qué música le gusta? And then maybe bring your iPad or, 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 or point at their phone and say, ¿Qué música le gusta? Show me. Enséñeme. Right? ¿Qué música le gusta? And, and then just listen with them. Because I have my issues here in Houston. Houston is a melting pot. And we have patients from all over the world. And there's a lot of sessions that I have because I, I don't speak Arabic or I don't speak Tagalog or I don't speak Vietnamese. And so I would have to do all of these nonverbal gestures, right? Um, and connect with them that way. It's okay if the music is not happening live at the beginning mm -hmm. because you're doing your assessment. You're trying to figure things out. So be curious and never assume. Number four, this is going to be a challenge for you guys. I challenge you in the next seven to 14 days, learn five new Spanish songs. I want you to add that to your repertoire. I want to push you because I know that you guys are awesome and you want to do the best for your clients. I want to push you. I want to urge you and challenge you to learn five new Spanish songs. And not only five new Spanish songs, I want you to learn, learn five new songs that are very different. So if you already have Cielito Lindo, because I know that you have Cielito Lindo in your book, most likely, <laughs> uh, learn a pop song and learn a rock song and learn a Spanish ballad and learn uh, a kid tune, a children's song, right? And so now you have that in your ar arsenal that, okay, so maybe the person that you're going to see uh, doesn't like those particular songs, but at least you're not stuck with one song, right? Now you have a variety, and you can show that there's a menu going on, that you're trying to adapt it to what they like. And then from there, you can say, okay, so now I need to learn all of these other songs. If you want a really good resource, a really good resource for what songs to learn, the Latin American Music Therapy Network, which I am a part of, 
We have a really cool Facebook group that is called Music in Spanish, Resources for Music Therapists. And it's totally free. Music in Spanish, Resources for Music Therapists. There you can find a bunch of different songs. If you have a question, you can just put your question right there and there's gonna be an answer. Uh, so if you have any question musically, that's a great platform to put it in because there's people from all over Latin America in that group and we really want to help you succeed. So I would say that would be number four. And then my, my last tip for you for today, Google Translate <laughs> is your best friend. Now, let me put an asterisk. I know Google Translate is not perfect because I use it all the time. I know it's not perfect, but it is something. It is something. And Google Translate right now has this really cool feature that you put English and Spanish and you put it in like a conversation mode and the microphone turns on and you speak English to the microphone and then Google Translate translated in Spanish and then your client talks in Spanish and then Google Translate speaks, speaks it back to you in English. So you can actually hold a conversation with your client or your patients uh, through Google Translate. How cool. Yeah, it is. It is super, super cool, you know. And so I know that if you work in a place where they have translation services, and this is something that, I, that I'm going to talk about later, uh, is le learning how to deal with the situation of having a translator in the room. Mm -hmm. Because you, we're not building the relationship with the translator. We're building yeah. the relationship with the client through the translator. Yep. Um, and so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a, a, about that uh, uh, later. But I just want you to be mindful that when you're using translation services and it's a person, that there are a tool that is there for you to establish rapport with your client. So make making sure that you're present, that you're making eye contact, that when you're hearing the translation, you're nodding and you're saying yes, right? Uh, but yeah, Google Translate for right now is your best friend, and. Get, get immersed as much as you can. You know, go to YouTube and, you know, like that episode of Friends that they're all sitting watching a telenovela and they're like, push her down the stairs. Push her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but start, start watching things in YouTube in Spanish and, and if they have subtitles, turn on the subtitles and start getting a feeling in your ear for how it sounds like, how do sentences sound like. Uh, if there's something that they said that captured your ear, be a student of the language, write things down. Mm. Okay. Um, and then if, if you have doubts, always reach out. I'm sure that there's always somebody who knows somebody who's a Spanish speaker uh, that would be more than happy, I assure you, to help you be more successful. Yeah. Well, and the music therapy community, like you said, I'll link that resource on Facebook, but everyone just wants to help everyone. So yeah, if you seek, sure. you shall find. Oh yeah. Big time. Awesome. Those are really good tips. I, I like all those. And I like that you threw in a challenge, five songs. I like that. So you mentioned, you said you're going to talk about uh, interpreters later. So let's tell my listeners about your show so they know where to find all the information you're going to be putting out. Yeah, so right now I'm in the process of um, pre-production. So my goal is to launch in May, so next month. Uh, but it's going to be, it's a podcast that is going to be called Spanish for Creative Clinicians. 
And so the reason why I named it Spanish for Creative Clinicians is because I want to make sure that I'm serving a larger audience. Because as I said, as we're moving into the 21st century, um, le let me just give you some data so, so you understand where I'm coming from. There are more Spanish speakers today in the US than in Spain. Mm, wow. And we are just behind Mexico. Wow. And right now, if the, if the growth projection, if the growth patterns continue of the Latino population, if the growth patterns stay as they are in the US, Spanish speakers are going to be the largest mi minority, almost hitting majority in 2050. So that means that Hispanics are going to reach 133 million, which will be out of all of those people, about 30%, Spanish is going to be their actual mother tongue. Mm. So what does this mean? That as we're, as we're sitting right now, 14% of the population is Spanish speaker. 14%, right? And so even though in this big United States of America that we live in, there's still little silos, right? Those silos are slowly disappearing. And as more studies come around, that's what the data is showing. The data is showing that now we're making we're being more melted. Um, so, throughout my years as a music therapist, I've always had colleagues, not only music therapists but art therapists, um, counselors, social workers. They're always coming to me and asking me different questions. You know how how do I ask them? You know, are you in pain? How do I ask them, how long are you going to be here? How are you feeling? So very basic clinical Spanish skills. Mm. And so I always found myself, you know, trying to catch up and, and, and answer questions. And I said, you know what, why, why don't I just go ahead and bite the 2020 bullet of podcasting because what's going on right now with the, with the coronavirus, why don't I just go ahead and start a platform? A podcast is a great platform. A lot of people love to listen to podcasts and just call it Spanish for Creative Clinicians and just talk about not only Spanish language tips and tricks and, and, and words and phrases that you can use, but also have guest speakers, mm -hmm. music therapists, art therapists. Um, I have an episode that I'm recording this week with a, with a PhD in ethnomusicology. Awesome. A professor who's going to be talking about how music and the arts influence the, the Latino culture and why is it important for us to know that as creative clinicians and how does that impact the way that people experience and perceive the arts. Mm. So it's going to be a combination of tips and, you know, verbal phrasings and clinical Spanish skills and having some guests that are going to bring really, really cool value from all different kind of countries, all different kind of backgrounds to talk out, to talk us about what they're doing and how they approach their particular population in Spanish clinically. So I'm really excited for what's about to come. Uh, I am on Facebook and on Instagram. If you look for Spanish for Creative Clinicians podcast, just go ahead and like the page because I'm going to be updating everybody on the happenings on when the launch is going to be occurring. Um, and then if you want to communicate with me, you can just go to in your email and type Spanish for creative clinicians at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll just be happy to answer um, any questions that you have about the podcast. Um, and we'll go from there. The, the, the goal 
of this podcast is not only to bring value to you guys, but also for me to do an assessment of what the needs are. You know, mm -hmm. what, what is people asking for? What are people craving for? So then later down the line, I can start creating some things for you guys that are going to be of value that you can keep with you in your practice uh, and just have cheat sheets and different um, tools that you can use. So I hope to be learning a lot from you guys as well. So if you have any questions, if you have any feedback, if you have any ideas for me, just go to the Facebook page or shoot me an email and I'll be more than happy to, to satisfy that need. Awesome. I am so excited to learn more and um, to hear your guests and to feel more informed as a clinician. I'm really, really excited for all the stuff you have planned. So thank you for jumping on, what'd you say? Biting the 2020 bullet. Is that yeah, the phrase you used? The 2020 bullet. Yeah, yeah, joining <laughs> a, all us podcasters here. Um, thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. It's really, it's really important, and I'm excited for it. You're very welcome. De nada in Spanish. You're welcome. De, De nada. nada. De na oh, let me try with the vowels. De. So it would be a, not nada. Mm -hmm. De nada. De so, nada. Gracias. De nada. Gracias. De nada. And I remember mm -hmm. from way long ago when I took Spanish and I was a young whippersnapper, um, my teachers always <laughs> said that it needs to be in the front of your mouth. Like English is really far in the back. They're like, you need to yes. talk in the front of your mouth. I was like, okay. Yes. It's yeah. very different. Spanish, <laughs> Spanish and Italian, those are two languages that are very like in your face. Mm. It's all very in the front of the mouth. Um, so yeah, practice, 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 guys. Um, just watch videos, ask questions. Go to the Facebook groups. Um, you know, YouTube is a free resource. I'm sure that there's a couple of soap operas in there that you can look at. Um, and then, you know, let's let's just get this 21st century and just be open to what we can do as clinicians and expand expand our horizons. You know, when when you learn a new language, it really increases your world. Your world grows dramatically, and I want to make sure that these resources that are going to be available to you and that are available to you right now are that stepping stone for you to take that chance, take the risk, mm -hmm. and go out there and, and transform lives through through the power of language and through music therapy. Awesome. Well said. Do you have anything you want to add before we move into our rapid fire questions? I don't. Bring it. Okay. Coffee or tea? So interestingly <laughs> i know they should be right with fire but i just have to explain myself you're good because puerto ricans <laughs> are big coffee drinkers <laughs> and and anybody that knows coffee knows that colombian coffee is great and puerto rican coffee is amazing too cuban coffee so anybody that is in that place in the in the earth in that little line the coffee is really good i am not a huge coffee drinker if if i'm falling asleep or i feel really really tired you know the problem with caffeine is my ADD, when I take caffeine, it actually relaxes me. <laughs> so, yeah. So very seldomly, I will take coffee to wake up. I will take coffee as a comfort drink or as something to level me out. Um, but I am, I am a tea person, for sure. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Every day, all day. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually go to work at 9 a.m., which is kind of late. You know, a lot of people go in at 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock. And for me, 9 a.m. is just waking extra early. <laughs> I was just telling Trisha 
we're recording this. We started recording this at 10.30 Central Standard Time. And guys, I woke up at 10. <laughs> I'm going to be super you. honest. <laughs> I'm going to be super honest. I woke up 30 minutes before because um, my brain works dramatically much better between 9 and 2 in the morning. Wow. You got to get a third shift for you. Or I guess yes. that could be a second shift. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. Something you would tell your younger self. Uh, wow. That's a deep question. Well, I so you're the second person to say that. Um, I When I first came up with these, I was like, oh, something you would tell a student or a new professional. But you could think of it that way if it's less intimidating. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's that's a lot better. Because <laughs> if I could sit down my younger self, we would have a very long conversation over tea. Over tea. Um, <laughs> at night. Um, at night, yeah. Between nine and two. Um, what would I tell my younger music therapy self? I would tell him... I would tell him to, to not rush. Uh, I would tell him to be fully present. To trust your musicianship. Mm. Um, because even though I had really good music training, you know, having an undergrad in, in jazz performance and then going to an internship where my supervisor was a Berkeley grad, um, the bar was set really high, but you always have like that inner conflict, right? Am I delivering music, not only performing it the right way and giving it justice to the song, but also addressing the need. Right. Is, is, is the way that I'm delivering the music sensitive to the goal, mm. right? And so, yeah, I would tell my younger self, trust your instincts, trust your musicianship. Like I said before, take out all agenda, keep your goals in mind, but be in the moment with your, with your patient uh, and just marvelous things are going to come from that. Mm. Good one. Yeah. Agreed. Your music therapy elevator speech. My music therapy elevator speech. Uh, well, the majority of the time I say uh, that music therapy is an allied profession that uses evidence-based interventions in the music to address a variety of goals being physical, psychological, psychological, emotional, in a therapist and client relationship. Uh, it's interesting you ask that question because I know that sometimes a lot of people, and this might be a, a philosophical difference, uh, but a lot of people like to say using music for non-musical goals. Mm. I'm going to have to disagree with that because Sometimes in the therapeutic process, you can have musical goals that the byproduct will be non-musical. Mm -hmm. For example, if I'm seeing a patient that has been in the hospital for three weeks in isolation and they've been wanting to learn how to play the guitar for years and they don't know if they're going to leave the hospital alive, right? And a therapeutic clinical guitar lesson is going to be 
an incredible coping mechanism for this patient. My goal for the patient is going to be to learn to play a couple of chords, right? To maybe play a little scale that goes in the song. The byproduct of that musical goal is going to be non-musical. Coping, emotional expression, creative delivery of, of the inner conflict, right? So that's why you will never hear me say using music for non-musical goals. I always say using evidence-based music interventions in a therapeutic relationship that addresses psychological, physical, emotional, and spiritual goals. That's why I love that question, because there are so many different ways to approach it. So it might seem For superficial, sure. but um, I love hearing the responses. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that one. Something. Oh, I skipped on your favorite self-care practice. Um, I'm going to be honest, and I haven't been doing it a lot lately, but I'm very big on meditation and taking baths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going back to the friends thing, the, doing the Chandler, <laughs> right? Like just doing the bubble bath. <clears throat> I actually really love to, I really, really enjoy uh, going to a store and getting a nice bath bomb and just, you know, lighting some candles uh, and just playing some really calming music uh, and just taking that time to absorb um what has been happening to process it mm. and just to let it go uh, that is a practice that I, lately as we've been going through the through the COVID-19 crisis I haven't been doing a lot because when I come home from being all day in the hospital I'm stressed and I'm tired and I legit want to eat shower Netflix binge and yeah. go to sleep. <laughs> but but this is something that really, really helps me because especially um, people like me that my brain is always at a, a thousand miles a minute and it's very hard for me to concentrate. Having that space where I can just sit down and be mm. without judgment, without any stress or any anxiety and just saying, you know, this next 10 minutes or 15 minutes are, are going to be for me. Uh, that's, that's for me, it's a very important practice that I, I need to start practicing more for sure, but I love doing it. Yeah. Something that's currently adding value to your life. Something that's currently adding value. Mm. You know, I feel like our community, mm. our community because we we talked about biting the, the 2020 bullet and, and, and listening, but there's so many resources and there's so many amazing, well thought out projects that have come out of people being in isolation. Yeah. You know, people doing Facebook videos of, you know, music next to a fireplace and, and you record a song next to a fireplace and, and let's share a song um, talking about how people have been struggling with telehealth and how to make it better, how, how to deliver care better from the distance. Um, what are some books and some resources that people have been using? Um, having the opportunity to talk to you, Trisha, and, and ask you, oh, how are you doing your podcast and, and what resources do you use? You know, um, I think this time of, of quarantining ourselves and, 
and a time of silence and a time of retrospection has brought in a lot of people in, in that quietness, in that solitude, the voices of knowledge and wisdom. And, you know, what am I really good at? And let me share that with the world. And so my experience of going to social media right now is so educational, mm -hmm. trying to take out all of the political fluff out of the way. Um, but when I see what you guys are posting out there, it's just so inspirational. And um, I want to take this opportunity to, to congratulate all of you that are doing things like this and, and just say, you know, keep going, keep bringing value, keep, keep showing your, 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 your colors, keep showing what you're really good at, because we all need to learn something from somebody. Um, so thank you. Agreed. Good one. Way to put the most positive spin on this situation. I love that. <laughs> I love when it's portrayed that way because um, it could be. This could be a really beautiful growing point societally for for everyone. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. Your favorite song or intervention to use in a session. My favorite song. You know, something that I've used a lot throughout the years, coincidentally, I don't know, for some reason, uh, there's a song by, um, I think it's Desiree, um, it's called You Gotta Be, You Gotta Be Bad, You Gotta Be Bold. You gotta oh, be I love bold. that one. Because of the, I, I work with oncology population, the cancer population, and, and, and sometimes for them, because the, the journey is so long, it's hard for them to really see their inner strength, their inner resources. Mm -hmm. And so using a song like um, You Gotta Be and using the, the, the verses, right? Like, listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds, try to keep your head up to the sky. And then I usually put blank may cost you tears, mm -hmm. but go ahead, release your fears. And sometimes in that blank, they say cancer, but you know, the majority of the time, it's not cancer. The majority of the time is, you know, loneliness. Loneliness may cause you tears. Nausea may cause you tears. Memories may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears, right? Don't be ashamed to cry. And then you gotta be, you gotta be blank. You gotta be blank. And so talking about nine inner resources, you know, and if you don't have them, what do you need, you know? Because then when you do the rewrite, instead of saying you got to be, you can say, I got to be. I got to be strong. I got to be brave. Right. And a lot of patients actually like to keep the you so that when I print it out and they place it next to their bed, they read it and they read themselves talking to them, hmm. saying, you got to be strong. You got to be patient. You got to be, you know curious you gotta be all of these things and then at the end saying all i know all i know is blank will save the day right and so what will save the day and a lot of people say oh love like in the song but some people say faith family hope will save the day you know um god will save today um healing uh the cure will save today so it's a really good song not only for self-expression and for, for self-exploration of the inner resources that they have, but also as a mantra for them as the days go by recording this song in, in, in a CD or, well, 
we don't record in cities anymore. We, we say, hey, <laughs> I'm yep. going to put this in an, in an MP3. What's your email? Yep, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, and and you'd be surprised how many times I would go for the follow-up session. And I had a patient that would say, Tony, every morning when I wake up, I listen to my song. Mm. I start my day listening to my song and, and telling myself that today is what I have. Tomorrow might never be mine, like the song says, but today I can be patient. Today I can be strong. I can be brave. Um, so that's why I love I love that song. Yeah, good one. I will link that as well. Good, good. All right, so lastly, where can people find you and connect with you? I know you mentioned it, but we'll, we'll rattle them off again. Yeah, yeah. So I just started the, the Facebook group for the podcast. If you search for uh, Spanish for Creative Clinicians podcast, you're going to find it uh, on Facebook. And I believe I opened an Instagram account too that same day. And then if you want to send me any questions, you can either message me through there or you can also email me at SpanishForCreativeClinicians at gmail.com, SpanishForCreativeClinicians at gmail.com. Any questions that you might have in regards to, you know, say, hey, Tony, these are my main concerns right now. Um, Can you address it in, in one of your episodes? I'll be more than happy to to make it work and, and to use those themes. Um, and also stay tuned to social media because I'm going to be posting some some tips here and there and some videos of myself talking about different, uh, different topics. Uh, and you can also call me. You know, there's this beautiful thing now called Google Voice. I was worried about giving out my phone number and then somebody says, you know that Google Voice actually gives you a phone number? And I said, really? Um, so if you want to call me or text me, 979-557-2363. Again, that's 979-557-2363. You can text me or send me a voicemail in there um, and say, hey, I heard the podcast uh, with Trisha. That was really cool. I have this question. Can you address this? And I'll be happy to do that and connect with you. Looking forward to hearing from you. Awesome. I'm looking forward to to seeing your show. So thank you for um, connecting, for reaching out so we could coordinate this. And uh, it was really great hearing your story. And I'm even more excited for what you have coming up. No, of course. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and hope to talk to you soon. hope you are feeling as informed as I am after that. Lots of stuff to keep in mind. An awesome challenge. I think we can all learn five Spanish songs in the next two weeks. I think it's doable. Feel free to share what you're learning, what you're doing on social media and tag us and also tag Tony. I'm sure he'd love that to see what you're doing, how you're improving as a clinician and learning, expanding, growing professionally. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, please consider becoming a patron on patreon.com. Patrons have the exclusive opportunity to ask guest questions. As you heard in this interview, Bonnie asked some questions for Tony. 
And you can have that opportunity too by becoming a patron on patreon.com. That link is always in the show notes. Please also consider joining our group on Facebook, having a conversation there. Let us know what you learned from an episode. Is there someone you want to have on the show? And if you want to be on the show, you can let us know by sending an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. That'll go right to me and we'll set up a time to get you on the show. I'd love to hear what you have to say, your clinical stories, your professional challenges, the research you're doing, um, the topic of expertise you want to share. I know with a lot of the conferences, uh, taking place alternatively, perhaps you would like another opportunity to share whatever presentation you are going to put on at whatever conference. So please consider that. Send an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. And I hope our ending quote resonates as much for you as it does for me. A mind that is stretched by a new experience can never go back to its old dimensions. Mm-hmm.